Welcome to Point Me to Jesus. I'm your host, Tara McClary-Reeves, and today we are joined by none other than Jane Jenkins Herlong. What a gift. <laughs> Jane is a member of the Speakers Hall of Fame. Y'all, she is one of 232 men and women to have achieved this honor. Along with her in that group are President Ronald Reagan, and General Colin Powell. So Jane, you are in incredible company, and so are they. Uh, Jane Jenkins Herlong, you may have heard her too on Sirius XM and Pandora Internet Radio on her Humor Hour with Jeff Foxworthy and Ray Romano and Jerry Seinfeld. She is truly a blessing to so many in the entertainment industry. Um, as well as among inspirational circles, because Jane loves the Lord Jesus. I love Jane for many reasons, and I'm so grateful. Jane wore the title of Miss South Carolina. She has walked on that Miss America runway. She has sung at Radio City Music Hall. She has spoken internationally to numerous, countless countries across this incredible world, and most especially right here in the United States of America. Jane, we welcome you to the show today. And when I think of you, I have to read this from Proverbs 18:20 or 17:22, because it says this: "A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Mm -hmm. And a merry heart truly is good medicine. And I cannot think of a better guest." to end this 2020 year than you, because you have been so faithful, um, thinking creatively outside the box, how to encourage your listeners and your viewers. So what an incredible honor to have you as our last guest of this very difficult year. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. It's so good to see you again. It's so good to reconnect. It is, our families have been friends for a long time. And you and Daddy have shared the platform before, and I know a lot of your mutual friends, Nito Quibane and Jeannie Robertson, please give them all mom and dad's love because uh, you know that, that they've been such a special part of our family memory over the years. Oh yeah, they, your dad and mom, goodness. I mean, I was gonna visit with them a couple of weeks ago, but I was helping my daughter do some stuff and it's called AGE, I guess. And I was, I couldn't go to the wedding to see them. I was so disappointed, but I'm so glad to hear how well they're doing and so loved and respected. Well, Jane, I want our viewers to get to know you because not only are you an incredible speaker, and I think what makes a great speaker is for, especially one that's in the Hall of Fame, is for you to be a great listener as well. And you do, you study people, you're a great student of your audiences, but you're a student of God's word. And that's reflected in the books that you've written. You have written now, are you on your fourth or fifth book? Fifth, fifth book, which will come out not until 2022. Oh, wow. Yeah. The and that's going to, can you tell us the title of that one? Well, it's called Sweet Tea Secrets from the Deep Fried South. And, <laughs> and it, the subtitle was, uh, well, we changed it, but it's called sassy and somewhat sacred stories from the low country of South Carolina. <laughs> I love it, which is where you and I both hail from. So yes. I, cannot, I can hardly wait for some of those stories. I really enjoyed your most recent. Rhinestones on my flip-flops, choosing extravagant joy in the midst of everyday mess-ups. 
Tell us a little bit about that one, because again, as I reflect on you as a great speaker, you had to be a great listener of God's word as you wrote this, because I loved what you did with some of my favorite Mm -hmm. heroes of the faith from God's word. You did an amazing job with Salty Lot's wife. Um, (laughs) Tell our viewers about that, and I want them to get a copy for sure. You're so sweet to have read the book. I tell you, I appreciate that. You know, I think it started out with wondering how can we navigate through our lives as Christian women? And and then those who maybe don't embrace the, the message of the gospel, whether you do there or don't, there are some common sense principles tucked within those sheroes of the word. So I really started out thinking about my own life and I thought, you know, what, what is a challenge when you start out and you're married and maybe you have children? Well, it's deception. When you start to look around and you think, well, I don't have that or just like Eve did. Yeah. And she fell into the trap of believing the lies of the enemy saying, oh, if you just do this, you'll be happy. You'll be like God. Just, just, you know, take a bite. And she fell into that trap. And then what was so sad to me is when she was hoisted out of the garden, she looked back and realized she had paradise all along. And how many women make that mistake? Maybe it's staying late after work and saying, well, you know, I'll go out and have a drink or then you start, you know, so it's deceived Eve. So then I started thinking, well, what else have I struggled with? And I thought, well, it's uh, domestic diva Martha, the Southern woman, who always has to have everything perfect and the smock dresses and the big bows and the child that, you know, does perfect in school. And, and so I used it and twisted around with a little Southern humor. And here Martha was um, so frustrated and she wanted Jesus to yell at Mary. And then, so I take that from the Southern point of view and, and add the Southern humor to it. And then what I really like about that book, to be honest, is the end of it, I'll say, you know, what was her flip-flop? And what can we learn? And how can we put a rhinestone on it? Because you have good mistakes and you have great mistakes. And a great mistake is when you can learn a lesson from from something maybe you've done or someone else has done. So then, you know, I started thinking, well, let me think about Salty Mrs. Lott. She didn't want to move ahead and change. She wanted the comfort of looking back. And I have... You're probably not the age where, where, well, I was, well, I guess about 20 something years ago, my good friend lost her husband in a plane crash suddenly and she had little children and she as as strong as she was in the word of God. She just did not want to move ahead, Mm. did not want to move ahead. Just wanted to stay in that spot. And the Lord kept saying, you have got to embrace a new life. And the minute she did her life changed and five years later, she remarried. But we've seen women not want to, and then you get to whiny Naomi. Well, she's that middle-aged woman. Everything's wrong. And maybe she's going through the change, you know, <laughs> and she's miserable. And then God moved her into a new place that, you know, so the, it's, it's funny, but it's poignant. Oh, it's very poignant. And so I, I'm just hoping maybe to, to reach those women that maybe are not, don't understand the word of God. But yet, wow, I really like that verse. Let me grab my Bible and read a little bit. Yeah. That's been my, I guess you call it a backdoor approach to the gospel through humor. Yeah. 
So that's kind of, and it's taken me a long time to realize that's really where I thrive. Yeah. Because I so tried to shift it to a more serious, but I'm just a humorist. I'm a Southern humorist. And as soon as I realized, you know, the gifts that I could pour into that and just give a life lesson, tack it onto a scripture and let God do the rest. Yeah. Were you always funny, Jane? I mean, was that something that you recognized or your family did early on that God had just designed you this way? I started seeing it, I think, when other people would say stuff like, well, that was funny. And I'm going, oh, it was. <laughs> you know, I started out when I met your mom and dad, and y'all as, as little girls. Yeah. I was just doing, you know, gospel music, and I recorded some stuff. And mm -hmm. then sometimes those that are gifted as much as you are, are sometimes like, oh, well, I just, you know, I, I want to just pick and choose, but you do a great job incorporating. You're like, hey, he designed me this way. I'm going to, I'm going to give him the glory through it. So I love the incorporation of your speaking and your singing. And be willing to fail too yeah. and be rejected. You've got to get super comfortable with that and realize that you know, let the Lord fight that battle and, yeah. and bring you into a place of favor. You just don't know what's going to happen, yeah. but you just can't give up. You know, the Lord doesn't give up on us. And I think he puts dreams in our hearts. Yeah. And a lot of women, they're afraid to step out and, and with their gifts. And I think that's so sad. And there's no gift. I mean, here I am in this little tiny community of harmony in Johnston, South Carolina, population 2,500. Yeah. I can look out of my window and see my Aunt Naomi Herlong's house and she since passed away. But her gift was making caramel cakes. Yeah. And everybody would think, oh, that's no big deal. It's a huge deal because she submitted a recipe in a contest for the Grange Association. I mean, if you looked at Little House on the Prairie, they had the Grange Association. Yeah. Well, dang, she won for her cake and what was the prize? A building. That building that sits on our church property now is our fellowship hall. Wow. So you can't say there's no gift that people go, oh, a cake. Yeah. Got us our fellowship hall down the road. How God probably knew that. Of course he did. So yeah. no gift is too small. Well, so, tell, our, tell our viewers that may not know, your testimony is so beautiful. Just uh, the, the overcomer that you are through, through his power. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your academic um, background? <laughs> the, the don't be afraid to fail, which I did. <laughs> I believe that adversity can be your friend. Yeah. You have to make it your friend. Look at your dad. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's made it his friend and he shared it with millions of people. He's an inspiration to me. Both your mom and dad will love him. But what happened to me was when I was in the first grade, um, my parents put me in the C-section. There was no D, E, F, G. I mean, you can catch the drift on the C-section, which is not a, you know, a procedure to have a child. <laughs> so here I was, in the, and I just knew I was very tomboyish, short hair, always wore corduroy pants and flannel shirt. And people thought I was a boy. I wanted to be a boy. And I remember I lost my teeth and all that, you know, and big lips and was embarrassed about that, teased. So when I was in um, first grade, our teacher said, y'all dress up really cute tomorrow because the high school girls are going to pick the cutest little girls out to be in the Little Miss Merry Christmas. Well, me thinking, oh, I got this. I have got this. <laughs> so I stood up there and grinned and got laughed at. And then next to me, they kept looking, you know. And there was the little class diva and her perfection with the stick out crinoline dress and the <laughs> patent leather shoes and the little bobby socks. <laughs> And, um, 
Avon tester tube, you know, she was perfect. <laughs> and of course they picked her and I, and I got determined. I, I didn't know what it was, but I got real determined. So um, my brother said that um, I went up to the girl that laughed at me and I said, oh, I can play the harmonica, which I can't. But it ended up, my brother needed a fishbowl for the girls to retrieve questions. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I was so mesmerized sitting in a broken chair and God blessed me. And I just could hear him in my spirit saying, you're going to do that one day. I thought, yeah, right. We live in a tenant house. I have terrible academics. Uh, something's wrong with me. I found out later I was diagnosed as dyslexic because I got fired from teaching dyslexic children. Wow. Then I saw my IQ and it was low. And uh, I was told I'd never be able to do this and that. And so I applied to college, took my PSAT, SAT, I say the D-U-M-B, anything, you know. <laughs> I finally got accepted, finally, at Columbia College. And Daddy didn't have the money to send me. But I started on academic probation and went on to graduate school. And I graduated. I was on the dean's list. And you just don't let people tell you what you can and cannot do. Yeah. The Holy Spirit should be prompting you. Yes. And that's what my theme has been all my life. I think the best word in the English language is next. Yeah. And don't get hung up on saying, you know, I can't do this. And yeah. we have this gentleman in our Sunday school class and he told a little story about being at boot camp and he got on his knees and he prayed. He said, Oh God, help me. I'm failing. And he said, he opened his eyes and he saw God had given him a message and it was written on his dog tags. It said, be positive. Oh. He thought, <laughs> So he changed. He really he was so young and everybody noticed it. And everybody said, oh my gosh, you're so different. He said, well, God sent me a message. And he said, look at my dog tags, be positive. And his buddy said, yeah, here's my message from God on my dog tags. Oh, negative. <laughs> he didn't know it was his blood type. But that's when the word of God, I can sneak that in, in a corporate or environment when we used to speak. And I would say, you know, and Zig Ziglar said this, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. That's true. Because yeah. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so, he, so is he. Yeah. So if you think you can't, you, you're done. Yeah. So that's, that's when I get to talk about what I love when to have John Maxwell says, the ancient scrolls tell us. Yeah. The ancient scrolls. <laughs> so I, and in fact, I was sitting with Nito a couple of years ago at his table and right next to me, I kept saying, I know that guy. And I came, that's John Maxwell. And I about melted right there because I love his books. Well, you've been with some amazing, I mean, Charlton Heston, I think you've shared the platform. I did. I Moses? Did. I called him Moses. I kept calling him <laughs> Moses. So um, I, I just feel like women especially struggle. And they, I mean, you can see them. You just want to go up to them and say, what can I do to help you? Do you need a hug? I mean, you know, so many of us, we're so bombarded. And I've seen it in every phase of my life. Like when my children went to college, you know, yours being in college, yeah. that empty spot. Yeah. And I remember my children both left for, they were both at Clemson and my mother had just died. Mm -hmm. And I remember... I walked in this house and I just hit the floor. Mm. My knees just went down. And I just, it was like, I just, I couldn't believe it. Look at my, my, the, the, the noiseless house was so 
noisy, if that makes sense, with my own thoughts. And yeah, that's if I do this right, that I prepare them. Um, my mother's gone. It was awful. And that all happened within six weeks. So, and then my sister, the anniversary of my sister's death was yesterday, 11 years ago. Wow. So um, we go through things, but we can be better and not bitter. Oh, please, Lord, don't let that, that I dominate me. Cause that means I'm just thinking about me, right. I, right. but can I be better? And I think that's what we have to do is say, Lord, how? And I mean, I went to a counselor. Yeah. I, I'm not too ashamed and, well, and no, too proud to say yeah. all I've been through. I wanted to grieve healthy, but the Lord knew that in five months after my mother died, my sister was going to die. So I had to be prepared and he was preparing me for that and going to a, a, the right counselor yes. you know, and learning about healthy grief. And that was my, my third book, Bury Me With My Pearls. That was my therapeutic book about my relationship with my mother yes. and some very dark times that we had in our family that affected so much of our family and still does today, but it is what it is. Yeah. So that's why I write and I like to speak and I, you know, just don't coin myself as a humorist, but I feel like there's a motivational humorist or some kind of, I, I've got to have a, a takeaway. Well, I think, I think it was Dr. Quibain that said so well that you write, you write to the heart and to the funny bone, you know, and, and I think God, and I know for a fact, God never wastes our history. And I know with some hurts that even my mother's experienced in her past, it has made her like radar to those that have hurting hearts. Uh, it's just amazing to see how the Lord's developed that discernment in her. I mean, she literally can go to that one woman, like you said, that is grieving something that perhaps she's never told anybody. Mom just has a sensitivity and that, that's a gift. And I think you have that same gift. And, and that's really rare, um, especially for someone that, that is an entertainer like you, because so often it, it is about your name, you know, your image, yourself. But he does radiate through you because his Holy Spirit's alive in you and your audience is aware of that. You know, I mean, we, we cannot hide, which is just so evident in our lives. So I'm, I'm grateful for that about you. And I think that endears you to your audience. I think that's one of why you're one of those 232 in that, <laughs> that Speaker's Hall of Fame. I mean, that's, you know, that's a very small population to be a part of, but your audience can detect a phony. And, uh, and you're not, you're not that. So I always love the speaker that can be the same on and off the platform. Yes. And see, I'm a product of that with mom oh, and dad, yes. you know, and I think, and that's why it's so easy to talk to you because you, you, you can tell those that, that are real and those that are not. And, and those that are real are those that have experienced real hurt, you know? So true. And you, and you, if you can just, and I've heard this said so many times and her ministry is not necessarily about people coming to Christ. It's about people who know the Lord, who aren't using the fullness right. of what he blesses us with. You're not walking in that fullness. And she has had so much pain. Yeah. And how she always says, you turn your mess into a message, your yeah. pain into gain. Yeah. And if we could just think like that, if we could, and then forgiveness is so big. I mean, I, and going through what I went through on my writing the bury me with my pearls, you know, I, I realize it, and I'll be speaking somewhere, Tara, and you, you know this, and the Lord will say, talk about it, and I know yeah. what that is, Yeah. and I will say, I got to stop, 
Yeah. Got to forgive when it makes no sense. Yeah. And I will have every time a woman come up to me and I can just see the tears. She said that was for me. Yeah. Do you stay, do you stay, I mean, like, is there a routine that you have in the morning or maybe at at night where you get into God's word um, on a daily basis? Yeah. Thomas and I will get up pretty early. Yeah. I say early. And you live on, you live, I mean, you grew up as a farm girl. So, yeah. So we get up with the chickens. We don't have any, thank goodness, but we will sit in front of the television and we will watch probably Joyce. I got Thomas hooked on Joyce Meyer. He said, that woman sounds like a man. I said, you need to listen to her words. So we like all these different people, but she well, you've been with Dr. See, my favorite is Dr. Charles Stanley. Oh, I you? love him. Oh, oh I love gosh. him. Yes, we watch him too. We watch him on Sundays. I love Dr. Like Andy too. I like his son. Yeah, they're both they're both such anointed teachers. Yes, and so uh, I love Dr. Yeah, I was speaking, uh, I was singing, and he was speaking, and I've never been by someone who was like groaning in the spirit. Yeah, you could just hear. I went, oh my gosh! Yeah. I just loved him, and he's he's amazing. Still yeah. being able to share God's word, you know, yeah. but um. We do that, and I have my devotional book, and Thomas, I gave him Read the Bible Through in a Year. Yeah, that's a great one. It is really good, and he's worn out one already. I gave him another one, but that's what we do, and then he and I both have our prayer time. It just helps us start the day, and then I'm a walker, so I'll walk, and I'll pray, and you know, the Bible tells us to continuously be in an attitude of prayer, and then I'll, I don't know about you, but I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and God will say, you got to pray for so-and-so. Have you written any new songs out of this, um, this pandemic, Jane? Because you are an amazing songwriter as well. Well, you know, um, the last one I wrote. <laughs> you wrote one for, you wrote one for um, Rhinestones, I know. I oh, was- I did that. Yeah, Rhinestones on my flip-flops. I've got a really funny one I wrote called I Hit the Bottle. <laughs> it's about makeup. <laughs> Give me a swig of Mary Kay. I'll lick a jar of oil of Olay. <laughs> Lady Clairol and Maybelline, please take me back to when I was 16. (laughs) Then I talk and think, do I want to be 16 again? No. And so that was a fun one. I just, all of a sudden it runs through my head, a a funny lyric or something. Ryan says in my flip flops. And then I wrote, hit the bottle. I've got, um, oh, I love my Dixie Diva with my Ann Taylor pearls. Uh, I wrote that after my mother died, and I'm so different from my girlfriends, but they love my heart, and I loved their heart. So we went shopping in Myrtle Beach. Of course, they all go to Ann Taylor, and I'm at Dixie Divas buying all this blingy stuff. And I, and I thought, wow, I need So I wrote a song called I'm a Dixie Diva in an Ann Taylor world. <laughs> But you know, you have to be so, and I'm, this is my new aha. I'm learning that you have to keep your circle tight and small. Yeah. You do. And you have to call relationships. One of my signature speeches is don't throw tomatoes at my field of dreams. And so I talk about the shine principle. Life is a process of shining. And this little light of mine, you know, we learned that. And then the call, you got to get rid of what holds you back. You got to get rid of people sometimes. Yeah. It's horrible to say. Yeah. You've got to call relationships. And I, you know what? It's so funny. I have talked to so many people that have said during COVID, they have called so much negative, negative people. Yeah. And, uh, and then the, the third principle, uh, uh, the fourth one actually, is the prep principle. And the simple things we have to do to prepare. 
And then the plow, I saw daddy plow up beautiful crops. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you plow up and sometimes you plow through. And that's when you have to be prayed up to know which one to do. Um, but I love that speech cause it really is me. It's my, it's my heritage. Yeah. So anytime we can help other women move past their past and not be chained to it. Yeah. I, I'm so honored. Who would you say from God's word, if you could pick just one would be your hero of the faith? Esther. Oh yeah. Well, y'all got, y'all got the queen thing in common. But she stayed in a spa for a year. Can you I'll just stay at the, honey, I'm going to the Grove Park Inn. <laughs> I'll see you next year this time. Yeah. But I loved it because she was bold. Yeah. She was bold and she was beautiful. Yeah. And she managed to save a nation of her people. Yeah. That wasn't supposed to happen. It's yeah. because she found favor. Yeah. I, I love Esther because I, you know, I, I, I called her fearless and fabulous Esther. In yeah, you, you have her in your book. That was, that was so fantastic. I loved her, her, the accountability that she had with her uncle Mordecai. Oh, and yeah. she did as, as we are to do as, as Christians to surround ourselves with godly counselors and advisors. And when Mordecai said, and you listen to, you listen to the guy closest to the king and you do what he tells you to do. You know, I mean, that, that is just so important. Do you have an accountability? Cause you are so busy. You're in such demand as an entertainer and as a speaker. Would Thomas be uh, that Mordecai in your life or who would be your number one accountability? He is my Mordecai. I just don't want to hear him. You know? <laughs> you just, so you know, the Bible talks about that, encouraging one and a two yeah. are better than one and encouraging each other. So how long have y'all been married? 40 years. Wow. That's awesome. I know. I'm 40. I can't see. We only have one date. You know, that story was God's miracle. I know. Tell, tell that story because it is hilarious. <laughs> I had been praying and that was the key that God would quicken me when I met the right one. So I was dating this hottie astronaut. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so hottie. And um, he and I keep in touch periodically. You better but, copy your better copy Thomas on those emails. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, he loves him. He's been here and stayed with us um, I mean, right before he went up and lived in the mirror and his first. And we went to the launch and all that stuff. So um, I was dating him, Jerry. He's a wonderful guy. And so Thomas called me. Oh, wait, Rita Allison. You remember Rita? Oh, I love Rita. Yeah, we stay in touch on Facebook. Yeah, I love her. I do too. She said, um, Thomas Herlong said you could sit by him. I thought, well, he's got the crayon. He gave me permission. And it was just kind of funny, you know. So sure enough, I'm sitting and I said, Rita, you know, this is after Miss America. I said, I'm dating the astronaut. Hello. Is he dating somebody? Did you tell him? She said, oh, yeah, he's in a relationship. And I thought, who is this little country bumpkin? <laughs> is it Miss America, the girl that beat you? I went, what? <laughs> I'm not going to lose twice. No way. So when I sat down by him, it's like the Lord said, da, da, da. I went, uh-uh. But I knew it. And he did too. So I was traveling all week doing queen stuff. And then I worked for an ad company too, which was such fun. Yeah. He met me at the airport and I didn't really know him real well. And I thought, oh, he's going to wine and dine me at the best restaurant in Columbia. We're going to Al's Upstairs. We're going to some hot, wonderful place. And he took me to the Lizard's Thicket. Which <laughs> is still there. And it's, it's still there. Everywhere. You know, the Lizard's Thicket. A meat and free. With a thicket, a mint, you can, you know. So I should have known. 
<laughs> but I'm thinking, it's so, so funny. And then we came here and I thought, what in the world? I'm a Charlestonian, you know, yeah. but I loved it. Cause the, you know, a lot of Southern humor here because people are hilarious. Yeah. I went through the Bible and picked out Southern expressions and related it to scripture. That whole part might be gone. <laughs> like, has your mama in them? I mean, but it's, it's funny, you know. So, the Lord may be giving you a whole nother book. That might be number six for you, uh, Jane, after this. <laughs> and what got X'd out? <laughs> the stuff they didn't see. And then I read a story the other day and I went, oh, I need to take that story out. I'm sure they'll take it out. <laughs> title was, I mean, the, the editor said, oh, I've got your subtitle. It's so beautiful. Um, heartfelt and humorous. I went, oh, she ain't read the thing yet. <laughs> and so then I said, uh, sweetie, it ain't all heartfelt and humorous. I said, that you might regret signing me on here. And then she came up with stasty and somewhat sacred. I said, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they'll keep that one. And that's where humor is powerful because it can diffuse. Yes. It can diffuse yeah. so much and all of a sudden you just have a moment. Yeah. And I, this, recently I'm on the board of a technical college and we had to interview a couple of presidential uh, of people that were in consideration. And 10 years ago, we had to do the same thing. And I would speak to a colleague of mine and said, oh, that question you asked, did it? And it was just simple. It yeah. was simple. I just, it was so profoundly simple. Mm -hmm. So 10 years later, we're doing the same thing. So yeah. I was the last person and I said to her, uh, what if I want to major in mortuary science? I was thinking about the most depressing thing we offer. And she said, oh, let me tell you about that. And she was awesome. And then finally she looked at me and she said, no, nah. she was like role playing with me. She said, oh, well, let me tell you. It is so competitive. And I said, and everything was super serious, Tara, super yeah. serious. And I said, oh, so you're telling me that being a funeral home director, you have stiff competition. <laughs> so everybody cracked up. Everybody, and she cracked up. We all cracked up. So she exited. We had our final meeting on who we were going to select. And that question sealed it. Yeah. Because everybody had a moment of joy, laughter, levity and it was the power of what Huber can do. And that's what I mean when I say, and I think our audience by now can, can sense that about you. And it is such a gift, Shane. I mean, and it's so rare today. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you do such a great job getting us past ourselves and into the lives of others and thinking about the girl and almost assisting her in the interview with something that would in, and allow you to see her personality a little bit. And that's what you do to your audience because you engage your audience. It's not just you up there, even with your music, because music is such a gift as well. So uh, you're just- you Oh, thank you. Well, you know, it's just, it's just letting the Lord use whatever you have to build the kingdom. Yeah. And, to, and for people to say, what is it about you? Yeah. And then that's when you can, and I really struggled at one time. I mean, I thought, gosh, am I doing the right thing? I started out in churches where I met y'all and then all of a sudden people were saying stuff like oh that's really oh that's so wonderful what you just said I said what I say <laughs> and then and then it was oh that's funny I said that was funny and then it kind of grew yeah and so then so now and I was really praying hard I went to my first speaker meeting I was supposed to be at in a fellowship of Christian athletes big convention in Atlanta and I was at this national speakers and I heard this woman speak and I went oh that's awful it was just so icky. 
And then who comes next? Tr Charlie Tremendous Jones. Oh, I loved it. You know, I, I went, daddy, daddy took me to his house. I was blessed to have dinner with him. Yeah. He was, the, the last time I spoke to Charlie Jones, he was dying. Yeah. And I, and I, somebody had him on the phone and he said, and I could hear it in his voice. He said, sing to me. And I sang a big band, like it had to be you or something. And that's the last gift I could offer him. And he was, I loved him. I loved him too. And our viewers need to know about Charlie Tremendous Jones. If you've not been able to Google any of his past talks, but Charlie's quote, uh, Jane, you'll have to help me on this, but the um, two greatest influences in a person's lives are the, the, the friends that you meet and the books that you read. That's it. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. The people you meet and the books you read. Yeah, he was. And he had that, and we, we bought a whole case of his little tiny book. Yeah. And I can't remember. Life is tremendous, I think. And yeah, I think just, that, that was it. Yeah. He was we just give him away. We loved, just loved him. And he'd always say, Don't pray for me. I want to see Jesus, Pastor. Don't pray for me. He's he's just I just loved him. I loved him too. I remember going to his library and coming back. I mean, literally, he had just given me cartons of books to take home. And that was when I was in, in high school. Daddy took me up there to his home and we spent the day with him. And uh, what a gift. But you, I think, you know, in, in, the, in the relay of life, it's almost as if he's passed that baton to you, Jane. Do you ever feel like that in a sense? Because you know, I do. he loved the Lord. You love the Lord, and um, you know that's you. You've kind of taken that baton and not dropped it, but you're passing it on as well. You know, you're not compromising your walk with Him, and I'm so grateful because anybody that I think would ask you to define success, you are always pointing them back to the Lord Jesus as the source of your success and the source for all of the gifts and talents you've been given. So I want to applaud you for that and thank, thank you for you. that. That's mighty. And the same to you all. You you all were just reared teething on the, the beautiful word of God and your parents, but they lived their message. Yeah, they it just did. wasn't, you know, and, and I mean, when I dropped Cleve's name, everybody, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I, you know, what a legacy you all have. Yeah. And I don't take and it. And you do feel that strength to carry it on. You yeah. Really, you yeah. feel like I am an extension of all of this goodness and i can't just keep it here yeah i gotta either write it i gotta speak it i gotta sing it i gotta share it something has got to ooze out of me yeah. to keep this going yeah and i think i think it was president george w no hw bush that said you know with with privilege comes responsibility and uh and i think you know that and you're obedient to that as well so well, listen, Jane, we are so delighted to have you as our, our guest today, and we are just delighted to share your humor, your warmth, uh, your encouragement through the Lord with our audience. And I encourage you, um, viewers and listeners, to please go to Jane's website, to her YouTube channel, which will keep you in stitches. Thank you for building us up in the Lord and reminding us of the importance of laughter and joy and finding joy in every aspect of our journey. Oh, You're a delight. You my love to everybody. Privilege to call you my friend. I love you. Love you too, honey. It's so good to reconnect. You're so sweet. I do appreciate it.